0: The Pittsburgh Steelers are heading into the 2022 training camp with three quarterbacks vying for the starting job. They all have their own talents and strengths, but which one of them has the it factor? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the Cutting Room Floor. I'm going to define the it factor. It's, it's a nebulous term. To incorporate a lot of different things that we don't really, we can't really judge cleanly, right? There are things that don't jump off the tape at you. There are things you can't measure it at an NFL combine. These are things that they just have to show when the pressure's on, when things are bad, when your team needs a a burst or or some energy or, or some help. Who is the guy who's gonna step up? And make plays and be the guy when your team needs him. Ben Roethlisberger clearly was that guy. We we saw time and time again when the chips were down. Ben Roethlisberger was at his best. Uh, Even his final season, he was at his best in the fourth quarter when when the Steelers were constantly trailing because you know he didn't he didn't have it most of the game anymore. The, The offense just couldn't facilitate you know the scoring. At the end of the game, Ben Roethlisberger could still get it done. He, he was always that guy. The three quarterbacks we're looking at now, none of them have won a Super Bowl. None of them have, you know, have done the things Ben has done. So this is kind of projecting. This is a prediction thing. And I, I want to be clear here. Going through uh, strengths and weaknesses and it factor and everything – I'm going to tell you straight out, at no point in evaluating the Steelers' three current quarterbacks have I ever said, wow, this one aspect of this guy is as good as Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. Basically, everything I'm looking at here and every quarterback, everything I talk about with these quarterbacks, I want you to understand, their very best attributes, Ben Roethlisberger was better than them in their prime. Outside of maybe running for yards, which as a quarterback, you know, whatever. But almost everything, he was just flat out better than their best in his prime. Just, I'm going to throw that out there to start because I'm going to be talking about these guys and rating them, and, and just just get that in your head that no, none of these guys are going to be prime Ben Roethlisberger, at least anytime soon, and and I don't think any of them have the physical talent to become that player either. The first half of the show, I want to go through their strengths and, and basically an overall review of their abilities. Uh, and the second half of the show, I'm going to focus specifically on that idea of the it factor. But I think we really need to establish a baseline before we go to the it factor. So so you kind of know where I'm not going with the it factor. And, and you know how the it factor kind of modifies our view of a quarterback's overall physical abilities. hope that makes sense to you. Uh, We'll start with Mason Rudolph. He's been here. He's been a Steeler the longest, so we'll start with him. Mason Rudolph's strengths: uh, he he is mobile. He can run. He's not a slippery person. He's not a scrambler, but he can run and he can move. If if the play breaks down and there's you know the pocket is breaking down, but there's an escape path, he'll take it and take off and run. He's not a scrambler. Uh, we'll get into that later more with other quarterbacks, what I mean by a scrambler. With J- Mason Rudolph's arm, Mason Rudolph has a great deep ball. He places it accurately. Uh, with He can throw it hard. He can throw a laser. He can, he can throw touch passes deep down the field, all sides of the field. He's not, again, as I said before, he's not on the level with Ben in his prime, but I would put him on par with 2018 Ben Roethlisberger. Who didn't have who who was starting to get into throwing the ball shorter uh his arm was already bothering him he's talked about that in 2018 his arm was bothering him it, it would get much worse in 2019 but he he wasn't quite the player he had been just a few years earlier even in 2018 as far as deep balls go still really good Mason Rudolph has a good to really good deep ball for the NFL. And the fact that he can throw it pretty much anywhere with touch, with zip, he is a fantastic deep ball quarterback. Mason Rudolph, in shorter passes, when he is on a roll and in rhythm, he's actually pretty good. And overall, I'd say when he is on a rhythm, when he's on a roll and he's in rhythm, he's actually a good overall NFL passer. Good to, you know, very good. He's definitely above average NFL passer. But when he gets thrown off rhythm, he tends to stack negative plays. Uh, Like if he throws an interception, even like, let's say a wide receiver, uh, the ball hits the wide receiver's hands, bounces up, and it gets picked off. The next time he touches the ball, he's visibly different. He'll be more conservative. He's a little later in his throws. It, it, It showed up all throughout 2019. It showed up when he played in 2020. When he had a bad drop, when he had a bad throw, or, or even like let's say a throw where the throw was almost picked off, his next snap, he's not he doesn't show the confidence, right? He doesn't he doesn't play as well. So that's one of his big weaknesses is when he gets off his rhythm, he's not quite as good. And he will stack negative plays. That's not something you want from your quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky, uh Also has a lot of mobility. He scrambles better. He's a better out-of-pocket quarterback than Mason Rudolph. Uh, Trubisky also has an absolute cannon of an arm. He probably, if if you want sheer velocity of a ball, Mitchell Trubisky has that the most. Uh, He doesn't have great touch though. He doesn't have really great touch. Uh, I'll I'll get into that here as we go. He does a good job of getting away from trouble and running the ball. He's very good on designed rollouts and moving pocket plays where you're attacking one side of the field, you're on the move, and you've got to pick the right quarterback and right, sorry, you got to pick the right receiver and rifle a ball into a small space. Trubisky's actually pretty good on those plays. I think those are his best plays when he's on the move. That lines up with Matt Canada. Matt Canada loves those plays. He loves to use rollouts and play action. He loves to do a lot of things with moving the pocket, moving the quarterback, and having a threat for the quarterback to run as well. That's a big thing. Mitchell Trubisky is great on those plays. He's going to really fit that part of the Matt Canada offense. And in that regard, I think the Matt Canada offense can actually be better with Mitchell Trubisky than Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger, even in his prime, wasn't a guy who liked those moving pocket plays as well. He did them fine, but he he uses the whole field. He he pump fakes, you know, safeties to the wrong area of the field. That's his strength. Let him use the whole field, right? Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, that's not as big of a strength. And so when he's in those rollout he's when he's in those moving pocket plays, those are a real strength of his game. Mitchell Trubisky, part of his problem with touch and some of his problem with overthrows, and he used to have problems when he was younger throwing the ball in the dirt, and a lot of his short accuracy uh, isn't as good. And I think, uh, and it stems from an issue with his hips, uh, I've, I've seen other people talk about this. I've looked at it, I, I and I agree with them. He has his hip rotation. He throws in front of his hips, right? If you watch Roethlisberger, if you watch especially Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had, like, the most perfect overall form of, of a throwing motion, like you'll see. You, you twist your hips, you snap your shoulders behind that, and you throw off of that torque, right? That's the power. That's your base, Your legs, your hips create the power. Your shoulders follow and bring that whip action to give you your strength of your throw. And that means your arm isn't, the the actual muscles in your arm, your wrist, all that isn't tasked with delivering the power. And that allows you to be more accurate, accurate because your arm is more about accuracy and touch and those things. That's how you get a powerful ball down the field with touch is because the power is coming from your hips and your shoulders, not your arm. So your arm can lay the ball up, and it still has that velocity on it. It still has that that depth of the throw. Trubisky doesn't do great on touch passes because he gets his shoulders even to his hips or sometimes even in front of them, and that puts a lot more of the power of the throw on the muscles in his arm. So he's not able to deliver both power and touch. Right, it's it's much harder for him to do that, and when he tries, it's a lot less accurate. His accuracy goes down a lot. That's that's going to be a problem. It, you look at it on film when he was in his early days, his bad year in Chicago, uh, when his throws were really getting off base, um, and you look at his film from Buffalo, when he got in and played in Buffalo, his throws are better, but I mean you're talking slightly better. Mechanics don't really completely get rewritten in the NFL. And Mitchell Trubisky's mechanics, he has that problem. He's not going to be a good touch passer because of his hips. That's that's really his downside. And, and you watch a lot of his problems of overthrows, underthrows, a lot of his stuff. It comes from those hips. Those hips are a problem that's just going to be a thing. That's a limiting factor for him, and it will be probably the rest of his career. Lastly, the newest addition to the Steelers quarterback room, the first round pick, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is a quarterback who has accuracy, anticipation, and a good rhythm. He's going to execute your offense at a high level. What he isn't going to do is make those high-velocity throws that just beat a defense, right? Where... Ben Roethlisberger, one of the greatest comments I heard, uh, J.T. O'Sullivan, who, who evaluates quarterbacks, uh, but he was a long, long time backup quarterback. He's now a, he's now coaching, I think, high school, but he was evaluating Ben Roethlisberger and he talked about Ben Roethlisberger being hard to evaluate because he would make the wrong throw. Like you could take a play that clearly has a design progression and Ben Roethlisberger would not follow that progression he would pass up on plays that were a smarter throw, like the right throw to make, quote unquote, uh, and throw a harder throw because he could. And his his big thing on on Ben Roethlisberger was Ben Roethlisberger had a habit of making the wrong throw, but making the wrong throw right. Like it it doesn't matter that this isn't the smart throw to take on this play. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna throw the ball good enough. <laughs> that it doesn't matter. Kenny Pickett is never going to be that guy. He's never going to be a guy that can sit there and say, yes, I probably shouldn't throw that route, but if I throw the ball hard enough, I can get away with it. Kenny Pickett will never be that guy. He doesn't have that level of arm velocity. Can he throw the ball downfield? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. People want to act like he's you know Devlin Hodges or you know Chad Pennington with his arm strength. That's not the truth. That's not the case. He can get the ball downfield. He's not going to be bombing at 70 yards and just out-throwing the defense. He's not going to be throwing a ball into a tight spot because he just can because his arm's that strong. He won't be that guy. If you want somebody to go out there and beat a defense with their arm, not Kenny Pickett. To go to go all time, I think the best way to evaluate this is, is if you go like great quarterback, com, you know, comparisons. And I'm going to compare him to to like Hall of Fame guys here. Okay, uh, he is not a Terry Bradshaw, he's not a John Elway, he's not a Ben Roethlisberger, a Brett Favre, he's not a guy who's just going to sit there and whale a ball past you because he's got that cannon in an arm. To me, he's more of a Kenny Stabler, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. He's a guy who's going to execute the offense and and make plays that aren't necessarily based on his arm strength. You know, he's going to make smart plays. He's going to make creative plays, but it's not going to be an arm strength play that he makes. That's my overview of those three quarterbacks. Uh, We're going to take a commercial break. Then we get back. We're going to talk about the it factor and which of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, most has the it factor so stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. This week is an exciting week here at Behind the Steel Curtain because training camp starts and we're going to have actually new things directly related to the Steelers to talk about. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. Uh, One of the things that always comes out at the start of training camp is the training camp confidential. This is a, a series of articles, a whole bunch of stuff coming out right at the start of training camp to kind of get you caught up and ready for training camp, ready for the start of the real season the real meat of, of Steeler fandom, where we get to sit there and look at these guys actually play. We get to see rookies out there performing with veterans. We, we head towards preseason when we're actually going to start to see the roster take shape. This is an exciting time. And the training camp confidential is here to get you up to date, get you back in the game. Have you ready for training camp? Make sure you're clicking over to behind the steel to read all those articles. I've got a couple of them coming out. Uh, for the creating camp confidential. So look for those and really, really enjoy the lead up here, the excitement for the beginning of training camp. In the first half of this show, we gave, I I, I went over the skills and strengths and some of the weaknesses of the quarterbacks, the Steelers have on their roster right now. Just kind of an overview the second half. I want to talk about the it factor and to start, I'm going to talk about Mason Rudolph and a comparison between him and the quarterback he shared starts with in 2019, Devlin Hodges. So stay with me here. Just just have it. Uh, Mason Rudolph, as a quarterback, if you look at all the different talents, physical abilities a quarterback could have, Mason Rudolph was better than Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges didn't have a single NFL caliber attribute. Couldn't read a defense nearly well enough. He had limited throw power and distance. His accuracy was meh, not great. He had some mobility; he could scramble a bit, but he wasn't quick. He was he wasn't elusive. His reads, his reactions, they were predictable. Under pressure, he, he was well. I'll put it this way: basically, teams figured out what he did when he was under pressure, and they solved him. So, as, as soon as you put pressure on on Devlin Hodges, you basically knew where he was going to go with the ball, what his instincts were, what his reactions were, and he was going to get rid of it. It it just, they ate it. Once they figured that out, they ate him alive, right? But the one thing Devlin Hodges had was the it factor. Literally, the only thing he had is the it factor. And this is why I love Devlin Hodges as 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 a tool to explain what I mean by the it factor. Devlin Hodges could get out there and throw a horrible interception. Come out the next play and throw a horrible interception. interception. Come out the next play and play exactly the same as he did before he threw an interception that game. That's a trait Ben Roethlisberger had. That's a trait Devlin Hodges had. That was one of them. Two, under pressure, he made plays. He was limited in his ability to find players, to do other things, but he still had a knack for making plays when those options were available. Until the defenses absolutely shut him down and solved him. Now he didn't have enough talent to be an NFL player, but he had the personality. He had the he had chutzpah. You know, he had this kind of thing where he he was a guy who could win games in spite of not having talent. The goal is to get a guy who has talent and that it factor. Like a Ben Roethlisberger, who clearly has that it factor and also has a ton of talent. When you look at a Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph had that talent. But like I said before, he when he's on a roll, when he's in rhythm, he's actually really good, but when he gets knocked out of that rhythm, he's not good. He stacks negative plays, he makes bad plays, and he also, he, he plays, in my opinion, emotionally. Uh, and my, my biggest complaint with with Mason Rudolph goes back, I'm going to go back to the helmet incident. Uh, I'm not going to blame Mason Rudolph for that. Clearly, like, w- Miles Garrett deserves the, share, the, the the lion's share of the blame there. Uh, he was the one who took the actions that were, like, actually inappropriate, right? Actually wrong. But... I want to view Mason Rudolph in comparison to, say, Ben Roethlisberger in that situation where we saw Ben Roethlisberger get punched in the nose, sit there and like adjust his broken nose after he just got absolutely thwocked in the face, and just kind of adjust his nose, go back to the huddle, and call the next play. You compare that to a Mason Rudolph who, after he got his helmet ripped off, got up and chased down Miles Garrett right i have a problem with that don't chase that guy down like don't don't go back there right then he gets hit in the head and he throws his arms up like he's a soccer player like looking for a flag he's all like oh he hit me like dude you chased him down like what are, it just it just reeked of someone riding an emotional roller coaster getting into his feelings and, and not making smart decisions in the moment right that's not the guy you want to follow. That's not the guy you want leading your team. And the fallout was it got Marquise Pouncey suspended because Marquise Pouncey had to get involved. At that point, the right thing to do for Marquise Pouncey was get involved and stand up for his quarterback. If Mason Rudolph doesn't chase down Miles Garrett, Marquise Pouncey doesn't get suspended. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna go there with Mason Rudolph. I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna rule out Mason Rudolph from having the it factor. For the fact that he rides that emotional roller coaster and you don't want a quarterback that's going to be the downfall of your team because he had a bad play, got in his feelings, you know was was riding that roller coaster and started playing badly and we saw that with Mason Rudolph outside of that play too he that whole game he was playing badly, he kept downward spiraling in his decision making in his plays he was making. And it spiraled downward until he made really a couple of dumb choices there at the end. Mason Rudolph, outside of the it factor, might be the most talented quarterback on this roster. But to me, when it comes to the it factor, Mason Rudolph is a clear no. That's just my opinion. Other people may disagree with me. But but that's my major thing I took away from that Devlin Hodges-Mason Rudolph 2019 season was that Mason Rudolph had the talent, but he didn't have that it factor at all. Devlin Hodges had none of the talent, had that it factor. Neither of them, to me, are going to be good starting NFL quarterbacks. And Devil Hodges obviously <laughs> didn't make it in the NFL at all. He was he had that incredible lack of ta- physical ability to play NFL football. Fantastic college quarterback because he had that it factor. Let's move on to Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky is a little tough to gauge. There are times when he is great when the play breaks down. There are times where he isn't. Uh, the guy is is beloved by everyone. As a leader, you will never find anyone talk about him personally where they have kind of a neutral uh, statement or they kind of hedge their bets. People love Mitchell Trubisky As as a leader on the field, as a person in the locker room. It seems almost universal that everybody thinks he's a great guy, right? And he's a great leader and he's a great guy to have in charge of your team. But when he's under pressure, when he needs to make a play, those kind of things, he's hit or miss. And I I think it boils down to uh, a, a couple of things here. One is he's not comfortable in the pocket when he's under pressure. When he gets under pressure, he wants to be moving. He wants to get out of there. If you trap him in the pocket and you put pressure on him, he will make bad reads. He will make bad throws partly because especially if he's off his back foot and he's not moving to the side if he's backing up and throwing those hips really hurt him uh he also have a tendency even when he breaks out of the pocket he has a tendency to latch onto a receiver and either throw them open or wait till they get set up and beat the defense and then throw to him but he will do so at the to the to the neglect of seeing the defense, the whole picture, right? And there are times he will may throw bad interceptions where like, how did he not see the safety coming? And it appears, from what I can show on what I can see on film, like you can't see exactly what he's thinking, you can't see his eyes entirely, but the way his helmet's situated, the way he's looking, it looks like frequently he is locked onto his receiver and seeing like the guy in man coverage on him and not seeing a help defender drop right? A guy reading his eyes and dropping. He will make plays in those situations when his receiver and him, you know, beat the defense. When the defense is able to read him, exploit it, and get a player there, you will see some bad plays when he is under pressure and scrambling and and doing things. Uh, So for me, his it factor is kind of there, but it's limited. It's limited when he's under pressure and trapped in the pocket, which is One of the reasons I think you'll see more of the Steelers rolling him out and moving him around, especially if you see a game where the Steelers are struggling to protect him, if the other team is getting pressure, uh, you're going to see the Steelers move him and get him out of the pocket, get him out of that situation, either a moving pocket, rolling out, stuff like that, just to get him away from that because that's one of his big weaknesses is if he's trapped in that pocket and there's pressure. Lastly, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett in college, and this is, of course, projecting from college to NFL. But in college, he showed that coolness under pressure and he showed coolness in big spots. I think he is that guy who can brush off a bad play. And he seems to be a guy that, you know, like like uh, Mike Tomlin talks about with Ben Roethlisberger, who is the same guy, whether he's, you know in, in a in an ACC championship game or in a in a in a game where he's blowing out duke he's the same guy right he's that same player every play that's something the steelers value i i believe that's something kenny pickett is going to show us in the nfl he showed it in college when he's under pressure kenny pickett is a guy who whether he's in the pocket or out of the pocket he is a playmaker he is a guy who keeps his eyes downfield and, and tries to make plays with his arm after the play breaks down. This is an area where he compares to Ben Roethlisberger. I wouldn't put him on the same level. Again, I don't put any of these guys on the same level as Ben Roethlisberger in almost anything they do other than pure foot speed. Uh, he He keeps his eyes downfield even when he's under pressure. And he looks to make a play with his arm, which is a fantastic thing. No matter how good a quarterback is running, unless you're Lamar Jackson, you're going to have a receiver downfield who's a better playmaker than you with the ball in his hands, right? You're going to have somebody out there who's better at that than you. That's why you're a quarterback. Uh, So I really like that part of it, and that's a big part of being a playmaker in the NFL is keeping your eyes downfield as plays break down and making plays. There are a few negatives in his game that get that get t- tossed about that really I think correlates with this strength of his, right? Because he's not looking at the pass rush. When guys are breaking through the pot, he's not turning and looking at that defensive lineman that's getting past his offensive lineman and then trying to find everyone to get on the field. He still has his eyes downfield. Because of that, you will see him sometimes move before pressure gets there. He will kind of anticipate pressure because he's not looking there, right? He's not looking, seeing if the defensive line is beating his offensive lineman or not. You'll see that even with Rudolph Trubisky. You see that with a lot of quarterbacks uh, do that. He keeps his eyes down feel and kind of has a feel for where, where the pressure is coming from. Sometimes he will anticipate pressure that isn't coming, and he'll abandon the pocket early. Or he will kind of move in a way that puts him into pressure because he expected pressure somewhere else than where it actually comes from. That's not a big thing I see a lot of. It shows up occasionally, and I think that is because he keeps his eyes downfield and he's not looking at the line. He's not looking at the defensive pass rushers. Another thing that comes from this is the fumbles. People attribute his fumbles to his small hands. It doesn't correlate through NFL history, hand size, and fumbling. What does correlate is what shows up is how that quarterback holds the ball in the pocket. When Kenny Pickett is scrambling, he is holding it like he's still ready to throw the football. So at any moment, he can just whip the football out of there. But if you look at a quarterback throwing the ball, that means your hand is at the back half of the football and you're not securing it. You look at a Michael Vick who had similar size hands to Kenny Pickett but didn't fumble as much as a lot of other you know, pocket passer quarterbacks, even though he carried the ball more. Well, that was because when he got under pressure, he tucked the ball. He turned into a runner. And that's going to cause less fumbles. Kenny Pickett is holding the ball out, ready to throw it, and he's looking downfield. If a pass rusher catches him from the side or from an angle that he is not expecting, you've got a chance of stripping the ball away. I wanted to throw that out there because I think, I think that part – Uh, explains a lot of his negatives that people attribute to other things. It comes from his keeping his eyes downfield, which is also where he makes tons of plays. And this is the number one thing that causes me to say that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback that most has that it factor on the Steelers roster is because of the plays he makes under pressure, escaping pressure after the play is broken down. By keeping his eyes downfield. And that, that is what Ben Roethlisberger had that made him great. Made him a winner early on in his career. Is He had that ability. When he was under pressure, he kept his eyes downfield. Almost all the time. And he was making plays downfield while he was under pressure. And to me, Kenny Pickett has that. That's my evaluation of the quarterbacks. If you want my overarching opinion of them, uh, I believe Kenny Pickett does need some time. I don't want to see him week one. I'd like to see him work his way in. Despite his physical abilities, I haven't seen anything from Mason Rudolph that tells me he has you know, changed to the point that I'm wrong with my evaluation that says he doesn't have the it factor. And I think it's telling that when his teammates, when his coaches talk about the quarterback battle, they don't bring him up. It's Trubisky and Pickett. Almost all the time. I, I think they kind of know he's not that guy. I think Trubisky will start the season. I think Pickett will take over at some point when he's ready. Uh, Trubisky just has some limitations. And I think I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a better overall quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but I think Trubisky, especially in Matt Canada's offense, can really make it work. And I think he is honestly one of the most perfect quarterbacks to establish Matt Canada's offense the way Matt Canada wants to run it of any I've seen. Like, he is that guy the right, right skill set, the right strengths for Matt Canada's offense. And Matt Canada can scheme around a lot of his weaknesses. And I think we'll see that. I think Trubisky will do fine. Uh, and I think that the offense will be even better when Kenny Pickett is ready to take over. That's my show today. That's my thoughts on the quarterback. I want to thank you for listening uh, to me talk again Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as the training camp confidential breaks and training camp starts and the news, you know, we get fresh news and fresh takes and we get to see the players arriving, all the excitement of training camp at La Trobe that we haven't had for a couple of years here. Make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're checking out the podcast on the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts to keep up to date with all your Steelers news, all that's happening in training camp. As always, have a great week, and let's go Steelers. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My God!